so what we learned from this was that dopamine while being regarded as the reward neurotransmitter it was actually more of the motivator that was creating the motion for them to get up and do something and so you're still able to find pleasure and that's the problem with you know the social media thing and our, our modern day technology you've got porn at the touch of a button you've got social media scrolling you've got junk food all these things that are instantaneous pleasures that are giving you that dopamine hit but are not good for us in the long run and we've just got them at the snap of a finger and so we're not actually having the motivation to work for anything or to go out and strive and get anything and what dopamine does is that is our motivator that's the thing that we use to go hang on that reward was great i'm gonna i liked it so much that i'm gonna get up and actually put effort into achieving it again Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. I'm very excited um, for today's episode because every now and again, when you do research or you, you know, for those of you who are constantly learning and constantly growing, you kind of take in information from certain places and then all of a sudden you, you kind of start to connect the dots. So you might have all these avenues of information and then you start to do research and you're like, ah, oh, that's connected to that and that makes sense as to why that helps that and it just all kind of ticks into place. And for me, um, I've always found dopamine, which is what I'm going to talk about today, very, very interesting. And it actually did a lot of that. It clicked a lot of the, uh, connected a lot of the dots. It had a lot of those like aha moments as I was finding out more information, doing some extra research. And it was really, really fascinating for me. So the reason I wanted to get into a lot of the brainwave and the neurochemistry stuff is because the more we can understand the brain and how we function and how we work and bring awareness to it, the more we can start to understand our behaviors and our habits and our patterns and all of the good stuff that comes along with it. So I think knowledge does become power and knowledge about knowledge helps you reassess um, your situation and can help you handle situations in a better way and a more um, informed way. So for me, I wanted to start to talk about a bit of the brainwaves last week and then more onto neurotransmitters. Um, and the reason for that is because I really wanted to get into some of the dopamine and I think it's good to have a bit of a back uh, back knowledge and a bit of information on uh, where it comes from and what other things you know neurotransmitters and that can do to the brain so today i want to share some gratitude um gratitude for those that show up every morning onto this call it's lovely to have people here and um you know smiling faces i know for some of you it's very early um i also want to show gratitude to um <laughs> my lovely wife yet again you know she's been taking on the sun as he grows like crazy i'm looking after him more and more so that i can really keep on top of you know the, the podcast episodes and and the mindset courses that i'm creating and all the fun things that i'm able to do in order to help those here and those those who are learning 
um, yeah, my wife is doing so much in the background to allow me to have this sort of situation. So I'm very grateful for her today. And I'm just very grateful for the knowledge in general. You know, there's so many podcasts and professionals out there sharing the information. And it really just allows you to, to absorb things like a sponge and to take in so much and to constantly grow. It gives us that growth mindset. Um, if you have that growth mindset, sorry, it makes it really easy to expand on that. So very grateful to those out there sharing the information, sharing their knowledge and sharing their time um well for me i love learning so it's it's great right so just reading the um gratitude in the chats here we've got some gratitude coming grateful this morning for you jake and all the information you give us and for your support thank you so much it's really nice to to always get gratitude for people is great and when you have it and when you receive it it really um puts a big smile on my face so thank you so much for that um I've been in a very lucky situation to have great support from mentors and stuff. You know, I've just recently interviewed my mentor, Teresa, and it's grabbed a lot of attention and people, um, again, finding gratitude for me. And I would like to pass that on and find gratitude for her, uh, for the situations and um, opportunities she's provided for me. So it's it's interesting when you when you receive gratitude, it kind of, for me anyway, it makes me want to give more gratitude to those around me. So thanks for sharing that this morning, Erin. Right. Dopamine. Dopamine, one of the neurotransmitters we were talking about last week. Dopamine, a very, very interesting drug, shall we say, or chemical or molecule, I suppose is the more correct term. What is dopamine? So dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is released into our uh, in through our neurons um, from a bunch of different things, mainly from an external stimuli or from a neighboring transmitter, as we learned last week. But what does it, um, dopamine do? So Dopamine is usually known as the pleasure molecule. So we know about dopamine to provide pleasure. Now, I'm going to go into this in a little bit more detail about the pleasure plane balance and you know what dopamine really is in relation to pleasure, but it's known as a pleasure molecule. And it also is based around our reward system and actually our motivation, our motivation to do stuff. And this is what fascinates me the most about dopamine is it's relative its relativeness or its um, relationship to motivation. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, I'll be quoting him a lot in this. He speaks a lot about dopamine and I find him super fascinating. And the other person that I was um, listening to and reading up on, she's got a book called Dopamine Nation, which I haven't read yet. I'd love to read. But her name's Anna Lemke. So um, those are the two people who I take a lot of my information of from about this topic. And I think they're both very, very well adverse in the topic, you know, neuroscientists and um, authors. So if you haven't heard of them, I definitely recommend going and listen to them. I can only probably share a fraction of the information they have on this topic. And I, believe me when I say it's incredibly important and to understand and incredibly powerful to understand as well. But moving on. So dopamine, basically we have it from reward systems and originally this was given to us for rewards like, okay, I'm hungry. I shall eat something. I'm thirsty. I shall drink something. These little rewards, these little dopamine hits, um, they promote our behaviors to continue doing something that's good for us. Now, on the very basic term, this is very important. You know, We want to realize that, oh, hang on, my body's hungry. I need to go and fix that problem. I'm going to go chase down, grab some food. I'm going to eat that. And then I'm going to get this dopamine reward. I'm going to feel pleasure from it. And it's going to be great and satisfying. And hooray, we can do that again and we can survive. Now, the problem with this, you know, as we see in today's society, and this is why 
social media, Facebook, Instagram, like I'm not here to knock them, but they are the, this is the whole reason why they've blown up and they are so popular is because of the dopamine reward system that we have. You know, you jump on, you make a post, people start to like it. You get these micro doses of dopamine being released saying, good job, you did well. Let's crave that feeling again. You know, you want to post a picture and it's like, oh, you look at this, you know, more people liking it, more people sharing it, all this kind of um interaction that happens at the snap of a finger like multiple multiple times releases these little bits of dopamine and so you start to have this craving towards that dopamine hit and you start to have this craving towards the action that provides that dopamine hit so posting on instagram or you know flicking through reels um, i've been very guilty of it actually it was one of the ones that um, and i'll go into this i wouldn't say it was addictive but it was becoming addictive behavior where i'd sit there and i'd just scroll through um Facebook reels. Now, don't get me wrong. I sort of tailored my real stream to be informational and informative and I really enjoyed it, but it's like 30 seconds and you're just bang, something new, something new, something new. And you're getting this like constant feed of dopamine until it kind of depletes. And you've been sitting there for a couple of hours. And you're like, why am I even scrolling through this? Like, what am I doing? I got to get up and change, right? This is that kind of uh, depletion system. So we, we get the dopamine hit. And then the next one we do is just a little bit less and a little bit less. And this is kind of how addictive behavior happens, you know, the especially with drugs so drugs they provide a dopamine hit which is greater than any kind of natural dopamine hit that we can get and then we try to find that dopamine hit again and unfortunately nothing can provide that except for the drugs so you go back to the drugs which provide the dopamine hit and you want that dopamine hit again and this cycle continues until you sort of have this and this is um andrew Kuberman's term for it which i thought was absolutely incredible addiction is a progressive narrowing of the things that bring you pleasure and so he talks about the concept of addiction being like, okay, the only thing that's going to be giving me pleasure now is this one thing. And usually that's where the, the drug or whatever behavior, yes, you can be addicted to drugs and behaviors. Um, that's the only thing that brings you pleasure. And so I find this neurotransmitter extremely interesting because it has such an impact on a lot of our daily life. And if we understand it to a better, better dynamic or a better level, we can utilize this to tap into the power of dopamine and use it to progress with things. So one of the things that um, Andrew Huberman talks about is milestoning. And this is that concept of you're getting a little bit of a dopamine hit by achieving the reward for achieving the goal. And if you set these little milestones, like I know for me when I was jogging and I didn't even realize I was doing this, but now that I'm hearing about this, this is exactly what I was doing. I'd jog, I'd get, you know, four, five, six Ks in and I start to get tired and I'm like, okay, I need to then just just keep pushing until I get to that lamppost up there. And then when I get to that lamppost, you know, then I can slow down a little bit. And then I sort of, that's my goal. I take my mind off it a little bit. I'm just like, that's my goal. I'm going to run to it. My mind goes somewhere else. I hit that and I'm like, oh, feel energetic. I'm like, okay, let's just make it to the stairs now. I, I, I can make it to the stairs. And then I'd run, get to the stairs. And then the same thing would happen. And I'd find that I'd just keep like this, this level would just keep getting further and further. And apparently on a chemical base, basics, what's happening is that, when I hit that milestone, when I hit that level, this release of dopamine is happening. And then the body has a way of turning this dopamine into uh, neuroepinephrine, I believe. And then that's, well, adrenaline, sorry, neuro neuroadrenaline. And that gives you the energy to keep going. And this kind of system happens over and over again. And this is where you hear those crazy stories of, um, you know, war, war people who crawled for miles without legs or people like um, Andrew Goggins, I believe it is, or David Goggins, I think, sorry, who, you know, had to run 24 hours, run this marathon, and he ended up having, like, blisters all over him and tore his Achilles, but kept on running and had this, like, 
crazy, crazy amounts of resilience and determination because of this milestoning. You know, how far have I got to go? I'm just going to get one K at a time. And just having the ability to allow the chemicals to produce this system that just keeps you going. So super, super fascinating stuff. But one thing that I learned um, more so from Anna was more about this pain pleasure balance. And this is exactly kind of how the dopamine works. So when you have, let's say, I think the example that I heard was chocolate. You have a little bit of chocolate. It feels good. It tastes good. And this brings the, the balance of the scale. So pain, there's the same part of the brain that runs the pain and pleasure. And it's like a scale. And so it kind of teeters to one direction or the other. And when you have the chocolate, you teeter to the pleasure. And you're like, oh, yes, this feels good. But then you have what's known as um, neurogremlins, I think she referred to them as. And the point here is that they will jump on the other end to balance it out. And so you have the pleasure coming down and then you have these neurogremlins jumping on the other side, which weigh it down to make it equal equilibrium because human behavior, human bodies, sorry, we want, want homeostasis and we want to be in this like physiological equilibrium. And so when we have this pleasure input, we need something to balance it out. And this is these neurogremlins. The best thing I can refer to it as because I can't think of the other uh, reference, but the problem with this is that the dopamine, it runs out much faster than these um, neurogremlins. And what happens is when the dopamine depletes, we're left with a weight on our pain side. And then we have, for a while, we are down on the pain side and we're not sure why. Now, this is what people refer to as the come down. It's the, the hangover with alcohol. You know, it's this really like lull feeling after a super busy high. If you've just achieved something you've been working to for ages, you have this bit of a come down and you're feeling a bit flat. And that's because of this pain pleasure kind of balance. But what we can do, and this what I really loved the term she, she said, get your dopamine indirectly by paying for it up front. And what this means is we want to do something that has pain related to it in a sense, so that we can get the dopamine release afterwards. So just like when we put some dopamine in, the neurogremlins sort of jump onto the, the, the pain side and weigh it down. If we do something that's painful, then we have the neurogremlins jumping onto the pleasure side. And then when the pain's gone, the, the pleasure side is actually weighed down. And so we're kind of releasing dopamine and doing all these things that, that last for a long time. And now what, what would you refer to as a painful thing? This is something like going to the gym. You know, most people don't like going to the gym when you first start. It's an effort thing that you have to do, but you go to the gym, you pump your weights, the endorphins are released and you have this, this pleasure for a long time afterwards. Same thing with like ice baths, for example. Ice baths, you jump in, it's painful. Or cold showers, you jump in, it's painful for the first few minutes, but then you jump out and you have this long release of dopamine, which is pleasurable. And it, there was research done in a study that showed that the dopamine, I think this was somewhere in Europe, um, uh, I can't remember exactly where, some, some university in Europe that would do the study with people jumping into ice baths and found that the dopamine release was up to 250% higher than baseline and lasted for two and a half hours after they had their cold shower or their cold plunge. And so what you're doing is you're putting yourself through a bit of pain first in order to get a long depletion, slow release of very high levels of the pleasure that comes afterwards. And I found that extremely fascinating. And so the psychology that I use for myself now and since I've been doing this for the last kind of week, I'm like, is this causing me pleasure? Like if I want to do something, is this pleasurable to start, which will cause me pain later, i.e. eating unhealthy stuff, which I know is not going to be good for me, or turning on the movie instead of reading a book where I know that I'm just going to turn my mind off and I'm just going to feel lazy and I'll have, you know, 
blue light in my eye till late and so I won't sleep well? Or is this going to be painful for me where I'm actually going to get the pleasure later? Like, is this going going for a jog? Is this actually going to be a hassle? Yeah, it is. So what does that mean? It means I'm going to get the pleasure later. Sweet, let's do it anyway. I can endure five, 10 minutes and then I'll have the few hours of the pleasure. And so it's just reversing the general thought patterns we have towards our certain behaviors. Now, how can I relate this back to trading? Well, how often do you find that you have gone maybe jumped on the charts. And we spoke about this yesterday in the trading call, jumped on the charts, seen a situation and just hit the button be like, yeah, this is pretty much close to it. I'm just going to hit the button. And you don't go through the process. You don't read, you know, you don't go through your training plan. You don't do your brain warm up. And then most of the time that trade doesn't go your way. Well, I think the problem is lots of the time. And I want to talk more into this in depth in another episode about kind of a term that I'm using that I'm making up called trading trauma, where we have this kind of negative relationship with trading in the sense that we jump into trades that are completely random and then they take off and you get this huge win and it feels great. And you're like, yes, why would I go through all the effort of doing my trading plan and stuff when I can just go with my flow, hit the button and get these big wins. And this kind of behavior, this jumping the gun, this instantaneous pleasure from just like absolutely nothing is kind of giving us this falsified reward system which gives us this like traumatic like this trauma almost towards trading where we go yeah i know that i can make money really easy because i've seen this in the past i'm just going to bang I, oh i didn't go through my trading plan i didn't go through the process you know me saying no to entering this trade is painful but you know what the more i do this then the more i'm going to appreciate when my actual trade setup comes and it's going to be 10 times better than taking myself out like I'm going to enter this trade because I'm worried I might miss out. Oh, it didn't work. I'm going to enter this trade. Oh, it didn't work. I'm going to. So you're feeding that instantaneous pleasure with the emotions that are coming up, but that doesn't work out. And in the long run, you end up doing trading for two, three years. And you're like, why haven't I made any progress? However, if we switch this around and go, ah, oh, there is a trade here, but you know what? Oh, I'm going to fight this. It's going to be painful, but I'm going to let it go. And if it takes off, that's okay. I can deal with it. And we're going to do this over and over again until this, ah, you know what? This is a 10 out of 10 trade for me. I'm going to take it and see what happens. And then we can take the pleasure when we, you know what? I actually followed my trading plan. I did everything I could and I'm getting rewarded for it. Or I did everything I could. You know what? This one didn't work out. Maybe I can tinker it. And then over time, the more discipline you get, the more um, fine tune you get on your trading plan, the more pleasure you're going to get and the more pride you're going to have when you've actually made it to that success, success level rather than having this falsified hope that keeps getting depleted because you're not actually doing anything really in a consistent manner. Okay. So going back to this idea of dopamine and being the reward system and the motivator rather than the pleasure system, there was an experiment done. It's called the rat experiment. Well, I don't know if that's the actual name for it, but I'm calling it the rat experiment where these scientists got these two rats and they actually gave them food. They put a way, they made a way of putting dopamine into the, the brain for the rat when every time they ate and so the rat was getting pleasure from the eating but then what they did was they took another rat and they depleted the the dopamine and so what would happen they thought that the the rat wouldn't get pleasure from eating and they would stop eating but what actually happened was the rat would keep eating it was still managing to get pleasure from the food it was eating then what they did was they actually moved the rat a little bit further away from the lever so they had access to the food they pulled the lever they got the food they ate it they moved it further away. And so now the rat with the dopamine actually moved, you know, a meter or not a meter, a, a half a meter rat's length to hit the button to get the food. 
but the rat without the dopamine had no motivation to do it. And so even that tiny movement of half a rat's length was enough to stop the other rat from actually taking the cheese. And so what we learned from this was that dopamine, while being a reward, but while being regarded as the reward neurotransmitter, it was actually more of the motivator that was creating the motion for them to get up and do something. And so you're still able to find pleasure. And that's the problem with, you know, the social media thing and our, our modern day technology. You've got porn at the touch of a button. You've got social media scrolling. You've got junk food, all these things that are instantaneous pleasures that are giving you that dopamine hit but are not good for us in the long run. And we've just got them at the snap of a finger. And so we're not actually having the motivation to work for anything or to go out and strive and get anything. And what dopamine does is that is our motivator. That's the thing that we use to go, hang on, that reward was great. I'm gonna, I liked it so much that I'm gonna get up and actually put effort into achieving it again. And so if we can shift our mindset of, from the dopamine, from being a pleasure drug, to our motivator and using milestones to incrementally increase our motivation. So yes, you know what? I did good work. I actually finished something. I can be proud of that. Dopamine helps me move forward and do it again. This is the, the key to understanding you know, the, the neurotransmitters in our brain, I, I think. And so I found it super fascinating that with the rat experiment, we were able to understand that dopamine was now used as a motivator. Okay, so I think this was also Andrew Huberman that said, the problem is not pleasures. The problem is that pleasure experienced without any prior requirement for pursuit is terrible for us. And we have that so often these days. So those who are going to become successful are going to be those people who can create their own internal buffers for pleasure. And so not biting, not, not being giving in to the instantaneous pleasures, having the willpower and the discipline to buffer yourself from the instantaneous pleasures. This is what's going to be the key to allowing you that long-term success because you're going to find pleasure in the discipline. You're going to find pleasure in your ability to hold off and to refrain. And this is going to give you better, longer pleasure in the in the long run. Okay. And so we really, it's about where, where our mindset's at and and um and how we're going to find the discipline and the willpower to say no to the instantaneous pleasures that give us long-term um, that should give a short-term satisfaction and yes to the instantaneous short-term pains that give us long-term satisfaction okay i hope that's making sense now to part part two of the the quote from cumin about addiction is he goes on to say a good life is a progressive expansion of the things that bring you pleasure and so i love this where a good life truly is your ability to find pleasure in all of the things. More, the more and more things and the smaller things you can find pleasure in, the better your life is. If you can find pleasure in drinking water during the day, you're going to have a great life. If those little things, and this comes down to gratitude, which is why I say this every single morning, the more things we can find gratitude for, the more things and experiences that we can actually find pleasure in, the better our life's going to be. And if you are, have the ability to find pleasure and happiness and joy in a huge array of things, even the smallest things, then your life is going to be filled with happy, joyous times, right? And so a good life is a progressive expansion of the things that bring you pleasure. I really, really love this quote. So with this, I want you to think about a few things. I want you to think about where do, where does your discipline hold? Where is your willpower? What are the things that you can say no to? Are you one to give in very, very quickly and easily? What's your motivation like? What things... Do you find pleasure in that you can use as little reward systems to 
help you along your goals, along your big term goals? What milestones can you reach? And now the whole pain pleasure system is absolutely incredible. And understanding the pursuit is the reward. And if we can really realign ourselves with finding pleasure in the journey, you know, that lovely saying that it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Well, that's because if we can find joys in the, the struggles or in the challenges, then you become unstoppable. I think Tom Bilyeu talks about this, where if you can find pleasure in the challenges that you face on your journey, you will become unstoppable because those challenges are actually the things that bring you joy. It's funny. So just to finish off, you can see that in a very extreme way in some of the, the again, some old experiments, electroshock experiments, where people get shocked, which is painful. And then they keep increasing that shock, which increases the pain. But then when they get taken back to a very small shock, that's nowhere near what they used to now, that actually brings pleasure because it's so little in comparison to the pain that they were feeling at one point. And so, you know, the more you endure, the more hardship you go through, then you can actually find pleasure in the things that you at one point in your life found extremely, extremely painful. And I mean, if you're taking to the extreme level, this is where you get, you know, masochistic fetishes and stuff like that from people who have gone through something so much that at small degrees, they're now getting pleasure from it. And I think if you can take this concept, not to that level, you can actually find ways to push through struggles to a point where the everyday struggle, which some people may, may find almost crippling or impossible to do, you actually find joy in, and you can actually continue to do that day in, day out and, and reach all kinds of levels of, of success. And so there's so much more I can talk about on dopamine. Um, and really it expands into so many different levels. But unfortunately, we're running out of time. So I'm going to have to find a way to cultivate this into another episode and find a way to really bring that round full circle with, um, you know, that that trading trauma that I was talking about, because unfortunately, I wasn't able to bring it back in time. But with that, let's go jump over to the call. Um, let's go jump over and start trading. So to the people on the podcast i will speak to you soon to my traders jump over make sure you read through your trading journal make sure you read through all of your mindset your trading plan um all of the above make sure that you've done your brain warm-up make sure that you've got in the right headspace and give yourself the time to you know really understand yourself and your behaviors on the charts so we can start to get some long-term profitable gains all right much love everyone speak soon bye